my honor and pleasure because this woman is somebody who I know is just a seeker of truth. She's a seeker of truth. She always is looking to see where God is in any form of knowledge. She's willing to put in the work. She's willing to do the homework where a lot of people are not, including myself, because I am not willing to do the homework a lot of times. But God gave us each a gift, and her gift is to be able to cut through and find truth, to cut through piles and piles and piles of information, to look at something that we would all see one way and see it in a completely different way because of the perspective of heaven that she carries. And so I am just so honored and blessed to bring to the stage my aunt, Pastor Mary White. Thank you. I'm going to use this one. Yeah. Thank you so much. That was so kind. I love you, Jeremiah. Hello. I'm so excited to be here tonight and to speak with you. Um, I brought my whole box. Yeah, because I went through my message a couple times and I just, I didn't wear a lot of makeup because of it. I thought, I'm just going to cry. I know it. And my husband always yells at me when I cry because he's like, you sound like a whiny girl. But you know what? Tonight, guess what? I'm going to be a girl because I'm probably going to cry. So, but the funny thing is, is that I have this horsey voice. So I probably will sound like a man anyways, right? <laughs> so anyways. I'm so excited. I feel like God has been um, working on me, and this word is, is kind of a result of that. Um, I want to read the passage um, to you first, and then we'll pray. It's found in Romans 5, 1 through 5. And it reads, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand. Aren't we thankful? And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. In verse 3, And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulation. Can you imagine? Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, right? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And I want to read that last part again. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that your word is so true. It's our very foundation. And tonight I ask that you would, by the power of your Holy Spirit, pour this love into our hearts. Let us experience you in such a great way right here in this room. That you, Holy Spirit, would have your way and that our hearts would be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a very personal message for me. About a month ago, I was challenged by this idea. This idea 
that my life for the last 50 years <laughs> has been around the concept that I need to prove my love for God. In what I do, see, here I go. In what I do, in my purpose, and what I accomplish, right, in my careers, in my ministry, I got to prove that I love God. In how, I, in how I read my Bible, two chapters, no, I'm going to read ten chapters. I'm going to read the Bible three times a year, right? I'm going to know his word. How I pray, do I journal, do I pray enough, am I praying with people, am I declaring, am I praying in the spirit? how I treat you, right? I have to prove my love in all of these things. How I treat my husband, how I treat my kids, how great of a lala I am. <laughs> Proving my love for God through all of these things, how much I obey him, what will I give up for Jesus today? All of these things prove that I love him, but I'm still learning and understanding that this is not the correct approach to this Christian life we live. It's not. You see, Jesus wasn't a Christian. I know most of you are saying, what did she just say? What? No, he wasn't a Christian. I know it's a very controversial statement. Why are you saying that Jesus wasn't a Christian? How dare you? Jesus was a son he was a son. Instead of trying to prove my life and my love to God as a good Christian, I'm learning to receive his love and my inheritance as a daughter of God, of the Most High God. I'm a daughter. You're a daughter. You're a son. And this passage teaches us that Romans 5, 5, it's only because of his love poured out in our hearts that we, do we even get it? Do we even know the difference, right? So knowing and experiencing, this is what I want to talk about for a few minutes. I would say that everyone in here knows that God loves them, right? Put your hand up if you know God loves you. But this passage is not talking about that. This passage is not talking about the idea or the concept or the knowing that God loves you. God's love poured out into our heart is not the same as God's love proven to our mind. It's not the same. God's love poured into our heart is an experience. It's an experience we feel it or it's nothing. We feel it or it's nothing. It's just head knowledge. It's not wrong to conclude by argument that you are loved, right? We have to know it. We have to know it first. Knowing is good. Knowing is having the argument. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I'm a part of the world. You're a part of the world. God loves us, right? We know this. We conclude this. He loves me because he loves the world. John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that one lays down his life 
we can conclude, I love him and keep his commandments so that I'm his friend and he loves me with a greater love. That's what the scripture tells us and we can conclude it. And, and it's in our minds and that's okay, that's good. But what Paul is talking about here in Romans 5.5 5 is an outpouring. It's an outpouring into our souls. You see, the mind and the soul is connected. The mind is actually a part of your soul. And knowing is effective to an extent, but it has to move from our mind to our heart. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul is telling the church that there are three parts to us, right? We are spirit, soul, and body. And we're just going to do a quick review on this because we forget this, that every part of our being has to be renewed and transformed by Jesus. We are a spirit, we possess a soul, and we live in a body. The soul consists of your mind, will, and emotions, right? Your mind knows, your mind considers, your mind remembers. It's where you have your thoughts, it's where you have your understanding, your will. Now that's a little bit tricky, but it's not. Hear me out. Your will is where you choose. What are you choosing today? Who are you choosing today? That's your will. Your will is what you refuse. What will you not allow in your life, right? That's your will. You refuse. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What are you longing for? That seeking is a part of your will. That's the part of you that makes the decision to follow Jesus, right? Your will. And then your emotions, The aspects of love, hatred, joy, grief, all the way to the more complex. Man, we have complex emotions, don't we? (laughs) Sometimes we have no idea what we're feeling, so we just get angry. Emotions of desire, anxiety, despair, or peace. This outpouring is into that place, in our soul. It works through our mind, but it can't stop there. And this is where too many Christians stop because it's uncomfortable to let it get through our will and into our emotions, right? We know God loves us, but it has to go through our will. We have to choose to seek more love of God. We have to refuse the lies of the enemy, the thoughts that would refute the idea that God loves us. See, that's our will put into play. We make our mind up and we lean towards him. We push past that block, right? Anybody that has been abused or that has felt any kind of bad, hurtful love will do this automatically. I know because I've dug it. The will will not allow our emotions to move towards love because it's not safe. And we do that with our Father God This is where we feel our emotion. It's where you experience life, right? In our emotions. But guess what? It's where we experience you. Think about that. Your emotions is where everybody in here experiences you. Oh yeah, we think we walk in the room with no emotions. Yeah, right. (laughs) Right? 
I've been told, you don't hide it as well as you think you do, Mary. (laughs) None of us do. Our emotions come in the room with us. When we, let me do this really quick. Guys, I have to get on you a little bit. You are emotional too. Sorry, you are. And yes, anger is an emotion. I've had that argument so many times. Anger is just on the surface and it's hiding all of the big stuff, right? But when we experience the love of God in our emotions, it changes our emotions. And, and this is what Paul is talking about in Romans 5. It's an experience with the love of God. And you can know that God loves you without knowing God's love for you. Think about that. Every single one of us as Christians for 30, 40, 50 years, we can know that God loves us without knowing God's love for us. They say the distance between the head and the heart is what? Only... 18 inches. I knew you would know. The journey between them takes a whole life. You ever notice that really hard, gruff dad as a grandfather? He like melts. Oh, you want some water, honey? I'll get you some water. Do you need your blanket? Can I fluff your pillow? Right? That's what grandpas do. Because it takes a lifetime to understand that it's okay to love. And you can even see it in preachers. (laughs) Anybody know David Wilkerson? He started out rough, right? But he knows now that the love of God is what matters. And he gives the testimony of saying, why did it take me till I was in my 70s? We know it's a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit that can take the knowledge of God's love and pour it out as an experience into our hearts. It's only a supernatural move of the Holy Spirit. So reading this passage again, but this time I'm going to read it from the outpouring and move backwards to the beginning, okay? Because we're going to see how this love affects our lives and the lives of those around us, or if it doesn't. So let's read it again, Romans 5, 5. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It's the experience of God's love that gives us hope that does not disappoint. What does that even mean? (laughs) I read that like three or four times. I had to read all the commentaries because I'm like, I just don't talk like this. And it was hard for me to understand, but this is what I got. Even though your situation seems hopeless, even though you cannot figure it out, you might be the smartest person in this room, but you look at your situation and you can't figure it out. You don't know what to do next. When the love of God shows up and you've experienced his love, you have the supernatural hope that God has a future for me. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's there. I don't know where I'm going, but God's love tells me that I can hope. I have a supernatural hope, and it's here. It doesn't have to be in here. 
because he loves me, I have hope. And I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Right? I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And he will work out even the worst situation in my favor. In your favor. Let's go back one more time. In Romans 5, I think it's verse 4. Kind of making you back up a little bit. It talks about the proves our character. And not only this, but we celebrate our tribulations. Let's go back down all the way to proven character and perseverance, proven character and proven character hope. What is proven character? Another translation reads spiritual maturity. Come on, right? And one, and one commentator said Jesus' character. Think about that. We are expected to have the character of Jesus. Oh, yes, we are. Let me show you. Have you read 1 Corinthians 13 lately? (laughs) Have you read what the love of God is supposed to do to us? It's supposed to give us this kind of love? Let's be real. Anyone read that chapter and thought, oh, yeah, I got this? No. That was the first passage in the Bible that I memorized. Becca, remember Missionettes? We had, to re- we had to memorize the whole chapter. And I remember even as a 10-year-old going, I am never going to be able to love like that. <laughs> Let's read it, just 4 through 8. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It is not arrogant. It does not act disgracefully. It does not seek its own benefit. It is not provoked does not keep an account of a wrong suffered. It keeps every confidence. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. This is no walk in the park. We can't conjure up this love on our own. And we all know this. It's impossible. Some honest people would say, but without the Holy Spirit's outpouring of love, I would agree with them. And then look what Jesus says at the end of the chapter in Matthew, chapter 5, which I think is the most difficult chapter in the Bible, the Sermon on the Mount. Do we really think that without the Holy Spirit we can do that? There's no way. And then look how he ends it. He says in 48, Therefore, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Seriously? Like, I might as well just go home, right? It's only the experience of God's love that will create this kind of proven character. Only God's love that will spiritually mature us. There's no other way. It's the experience of God's love poured out into our hearts that gives us perseverance or endurance. And now we're at this next part of the, of the verse. I think it's four. The perseverance and the endurance that we gain from being poured out, God's love poured out in our hearts. That word perseverance or endurance means is hypomony. And hypo means under, and moni, many, meno, or whatever it is, remain, <laughs> ever try to speak Greek? I don't know how to do it very well. I practice it at home, and then I come up here, and I'm like, blah, blah, blah. 
Anyways, it means to bear under. Endurance, steadfast, especially as God enables the believer to remain under the challenges he allots in life. So I picture this guy under this big, huge, heavy weightlifting bar, right? And he's just holding it up. And he's enduring. And he's there, and he's not moving. And he's steadfast. And he can handle it. He's not phased. He can handle it, right? That's what this endurance is, is that when God's love is in our hearts, we can handle anything. We have this endurance that doesn't matter what we go through. We are okay. And I love this picture because it's not just grinning and bearing it, but it's in such a way that we glorify God. Can we endure pain? Can we endure offense? Can we love when someone's mean? Not with a fake smile, but with God's love. With God's love, we can. And finally, that first part of the verse talks about celebrating in our tribulations. But God's love, the experience of God's love, compels us to celebrate in our tribulations. What does that even mean? Celebrate? How can we possibly celebrate? But that word is actually boast. It means living with your head up high. And not in a prideful way but it's having a particular vantage point by having the right base of operation to deal successfully with the matter. You don't live here. This isn't your home. This isn't, this isn't the final destination. You, are, you have your head high. Your, your head is up here in heaven, in heavenly places, at the base of operation where God sits. Right? Seated right next to him. So it doesn't matter what you're going through. We sit at his table. I don't sit at your table. I sit at God's table. I'm sitting at his. It says in the Bible that we are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. That means that anything we go through, any trial, any tribulation, when we know God loves me, when we know that God loved Jesus so much that he let him go to the cross, and three days later, what happened? He was raised up, and he ascended to the Father. We can handle our tribulations. We can handle anything that comes our way because he loves us like he loves Jesus. Catherine Kuhlman, she was an evangelist in the 70s, and I've been listening to her a little bit. And I heard her say something that struck me, actually made me cry on the spot. She said that God's love is the most secure place in all of eternity. Think about that. It's the most secure place in all of eternity. It doesn't matter what's going on around us. War, pandemic, economic meltdown, doesn't matter. Or happening to us. Has someone abandoned you? Has someone betrayed you? It doesn't matter. Have you gotten the diagnosis again from the doctor? It doesn't matter. You are in the security of God's love. 
We know God has a plan and he's in control. We are secure at his base of operation. That's what that scripture means. Isn't that awesome? So what do we do with this? What do we do with this scripture verse? I'll tell you right now, we pursue the outpouring of God's love. We pursue it. May I suggest to you that pursuing the outpouring of God's love into our hearts become the number one priority of each day in our lives. Each day. We wake up and we go, okay, I got to pursue his love. I got to receive his love. I don't care what else I do today. I was born to receive God's love. I was born to be loved by the Father That's why he created us. That's why we are here. Because I need it and I want it. And you need me to pursue his love as well. Because I'm not very nice, right? You guys all think I'm nice. (laughs) Right, guys? (laughs) We need each other to pursue the love of God, the outpouring of the love of God in our hearts every day. How many in here are morning people? Couple of you, whoa, come on. I am not. Although I do get up early, I can't sleep in. How, when does that happen? Like in your 40s? Just wait, you can't sleep in. Like you, you can because you don't have kids in school anymore, but you can't because it's like seven o'clock and you're like, boing, it's horrible. But even if you are, we wake up in the morning and we know the thoughts we are having. It's like a reset in our soul, right? We wake up and we know the thoughts we're having. Lust, jealousy, here we go. Battle starts again. Shame, guilt, isolation. We know the mistakes we've made, the years we've wasted. We are very aware of our deficiencies, very I know I'm not the only one. And our soul starts to deceive us. Our soul tells us that because this is our experience for the day, you must have to work for the love of God. You better get to it. You better get down there and pick up that Bible and read Ted chapters because you are not loved until you do. Right? We start telling ourselves this. And our soul believes it. And now we're proving our love to God. But in all that work and effort and and focus, guess what? We haven't received it. We can't receive it. We have to know that we are loved. Romans 5.10 says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more... Having been reconciled, if you are a Christian in here, you have been reconciled. So if your soul wakes up in the morning and starts jibber-jabbering, right, we remind our soul that we have been reconciled. And the rest of that verse says we shall be saved by his life. That's what we need. We need more life. We need more love. We need that outpouring in our hearts. Paul is saying you've already been reconciled. You need to pursue his love. And the outpouring of his love is what will give you hope again. Can I show you what this looks like? All right, 
I spray painted all these boxes today and I had to scrub my hands with that like guy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Jeremiah and the guys, would you come up and help me? I want to show you because I want you to get this picture in your head of what happens, right? So Jeremiah, and who's going to help? Weston's going to help, and then I need a Holy Spirit. Precious, would you be the Holy Spirit? Okay. Precious, you got an easy job. you got an easy job. You just pick up the white box and stand right here. All right, so Jeremiah is all of us. All right, he wakes up in the morning, and he's getting ready, and he, gets, and he starts getting dressed, and in the mirror, he's reminded that he's abandoned. Right? His mom, his mom left when he was three. She's not around. It's in his soul. He doesn't, he doesn't really have to work too hard to remember that. He's abused. You know, that one uncle that nobody should have left him alone with. And he remembers. And his soul now is carrying this box, this heavy weight, this burden of being abused. And then we have, let's do rejected. He's been rejected over and over and over again, and now he's starting to believe that he just deserves it. Oh, who's going to reject me today? And then there's grief. I know you're a guy, but Jeremiah, I'm going to pretend like you're a girl now. Maybe you've had three miscarriages. Or maybe you just are suffering with infertility. Or maybe that person that died, you feel a lot of regret because you knew you weren't as loving as you needed to be. Or you wasted time. So you have this grief in your heart, and you wake up, and that's what you're carrying. That's what's filling your heart. That's what's filling your soul. What else is there? Betrayal? The betrayal just happens. You know, you thought you could trust them, but they left anyways. How about the fear? Fear keeps you locked in. Fear keeps you from from doing what you know you need to do, what God's called you to do. But this fear, it's just handcuffed you. You can't do anything because you're filled with fear. We have anger. And anger is, is there, and like I said before, it's like a surface it's like the surface emotion, but underneath of it is all the things that you won't let anybody touch, you won't let anybody in, because you just need to be angry and you can't forgive because it hurts too bad. And then there's jealousy. Why did they get that job? Why did they get the position? I was better qualified. I deserve it. And you're jealous and you're carrying it around. So here you stand which could be any one of us in here on any day, right? On any day. Us Christians. 
carrying these experiences of life or maybe just the memory of them and we are burdened, we are unseen. Nobody in here can see Jeremiah anymore. And unable to give anything to anybody. But (laughs) look what happens. You choose to pursue the outpouring of God's love through the Holy Spirit. Right? And right there, what happens? The Holy Spirit. In an instant, in an instant, it's a supernatural move of God. It's a supernatural outpouring of the love of God. That's the only thing that can instantly take that stuff away. That's it. It pours in and it washes away all of the stuff we've been carrying. Now you have hope. Now you can be who God created you to be. You are made in his image. Now you can endure anything that comes your way with all glory to God because you are seated with him in heavenly places no matter what is happening around you. And this is what Paul prayed for, for the church He said, you need the supernatural love of God poured into your heart. There's no other way to exist as a son or a daughter. Ephesians 3, 17 and 19. It says, and this is actually a prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. He said that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend With all the saints, what is the width and the length and the height and the depth? And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. (laughs) There is no feeling in this world that can compare with being filled with the love of God. There's nothing (laughs) There's nothing, no amount of money, no amount of fame, no amount of success, no amount of love from your family, nothing. God's love, his fullness is what fills us. And so this is God's heart for you, that you take the knowledge of his love through your will as you choose to pursue him and receive the love of God so that it can fill our mind, will, and emotions, spirit, soul, and body right? And tonight, I want to pray that we experience the love of God. I want to pray that God pours out his love in this room tonight. In this room. I believe, it, I believe he'll do it. Some of us will experience God's love for the first time, for the very first time, you in here will experience an outpouring of God's love. Some of you, for the first time in a long time. Because the more we know, the less we think we need the experience. But we need to continually pursue his love for us. It will be a lifetime venture. Because every day, remember, these come. Every day, these experiences, they come. It doesn't matter who you are. Life's not perfect. This stuff happens. And we have to replace those experiences with the outpouring 
of the love of God. So we have to know how to do this. You know when you are empty, right? We know when we are empty. And if not, ask somebody who loves you and be ready for their honest answer. We are to be filled with all the fullness of God every day. And I've been praying that this generation experiences the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We were so blessed. Those of you in here remember, we were so blessed. You know, we started in that little building way over there in the north. And I remember those services, like the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen now, because it does. But there was like this evidence of like people on the floor and laughing and giggling and, you know, crying and people doing cartwheels down the aisle. You remember, Ken? (laughs) Like just transformation. And I'm not saying it's not happening now. But what I want for this generation, oh my gosh, I just want a move of God. And I don't care if there's nobody falling out or nobody giggling or nobody twitching on the floor. I don't care about any of that. I just want them to feel the love of God in their hearts, that the love of God would be poured out in their hearts. Because that's the only thing that changes us. It's the only thing that transforms us. In a world of hate, that right now at this very moment, there is hate. We are the agents of God's love. We're the agents of God's love, and he's waiting for us to ask. He's waiting for us to position ourselves, to ask him to pour out his love. He will not say no. He will not say no, but we have to be willing to let him crash in and get rid of this stuff that we carry every day. This is his fullness. This is his all in all. And this is my prayer. So thank you, Jeremiah. I'm not going to make you stand there anymore. But instead, I want all of us to just position ourselves. Can we do that? And Dion's going to get ready to worship. But I really, really, really want right now to us position ourselves. And I'm going to pray. I don't care where you go, where you want to do. You can get up. You can go to a corner. You can go to the altar. You can just sit there. You can do whatever you want. Sometimes I go for a walk because I just need to talk to him. And I just need to him to tell me that he loves me. But in this room right now, open our hearts, Lord. We are pursuing the outpouring of your love tonight. We receive it fully. We hold nothing back from you. We hold on to nothing. We make ourselves vulnerable and we trust you. Pour your love into our hearts tonight. It's only done by the Holy Spirit. We believe you love us. Can you say that? Whisper to him, I believe you love me. Some of you are saying that by faith. I believe you love me. And keep 
repent that I made this all about me and my effort, my pursuing, my love for you, my works, my effort. I repent, God. And I choose tonight to pursue the outpouring of your love for the rest of my life. Let's worship. to see 
that really know about God's love, I want to challenge you tonight to just take this word and sit on it for a little while. Have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Help Him. Let Him help you to see where you've been deceived. Where you think it's an experience, but it's really just up here. And Holy Spirit will do that. He's so patient. He's so patient. He'll wait for us. But just let this word sink into your heart and ask him to show you a greater revelation. And I'm just so thankful. I'm thankful because I I felt like today, you know, I've been hearing that this next move of God is going to be the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is awesome. I love the fear of the Lord. I've heard the next move of God is going to be silence before the Lord. I love, I love that. I love reverence. But today I feel like the Holy Spirit told me that it's going to be an outpouring of love. Of love. Outpouring of love into our hearts. Because that's what this generation needs. They need the love of God. But we have to receive it first. We have to receive it first. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that we know how to pursue your love. That every day we commit to be a son or a daughter. Not a good Christian. (laughs) Just let me be a daughter. And help me to receive your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you. If you need prayer tonight, we're going to open the altars. Um, I'd love to pray with you. But live right, love everybody. Pray hard.